Scott Jackson Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Our pleasure to bring in right now via the Ballyhoo's guest line. It is Jason Wade of the Old Dominion Monarchs as uh, ODU. Uh, gets a day off, getting ready for a couple days from now to wrap up the regular season at Georgia Southern before the Sun Belt Tournament. Jason, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Not bad. Tough one last night. I mean, that's a really good App State team uh, that was looking to lock up uh, the top seed in the Sun Belt. Obviously jumped on you guys pretty early uh, last night, but you did play a better second half. Just kind of your thoughts on, on last night and uh, why you know the, the slow start, and uh, can you guys obviously fix that before you, you get back in action on Friday? Uh, yeah, like you said, just a slow start coming out the gate. I think um, we kind of had the, maybe the wrong idea of them based off the first uh, meeting with them back at Charterway. I think they kind of came out flat against us. So I think they made it a point to come out and kind of show that they were the number one team in the conference, and that's exactly what they did. Um, they were a, a good executing team, big, physical, and could shoot the three really well. And you know, when you play on your home court in front of your home home fans, you know, that kind of uh, gives you that extra push that you need. Um, so for them, hats off to them. They did a great job, you know, kind of setting the tone early. Um, as far as us, I think we just came out a little too flat um, and just kind of had, I think, the wrong expectation of them coming into the game. Uh, but going forward, I think, like you said, we played a much better second half. I think if we can um, – replicate that going forward i think we'll be fine going into a conference play this conference tournament so just trying to have the energy out the gate well you you've obviously uh seen you know the highs obviously here going to the ncaa tournament this season uh been a real challenging one for you as well it's certainly not i'm sure the way you wanted to go out in your, your old dominion career here but there is still time left i mean you got a regular season game and then a tournament but just kind of what, what have you learned as a player about yourself uh about you know being part of a team kind of from a from a challenging season like this one um you know i think it's taught me a lot um it's taught me way more than uh, having a winning season could you know just the fight that I have within myself, the fight that my teammates continue to show. Um, I, I think we all realize like we're not where we want to be as a team and haven't had the year that any of us thought that we would have. But um, just I commend the coaches, the players. I think every day we step into the gym, we kind of still have the, the good attitude that we need to try to push forward and change things around. But it's just difficult. Um, I think with the injuries we had um, to players at the beginning of the year and then the dismissal of certain players um, did, definitely didn't help the cause. But I think as a team and from an individual perspective, we, uh, we're still fighting. We're still trying to figure it out. And with the last regular season game remaining, we still have a, the opportunity to show what we can do and get the momentum rolling headed into the, um, the conference tournament. We're talking to Jason Wade here. Scott Jackson's here, Priority Order Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. Jason joins us via the Valley Who's guest line. Uh, certainly uh, last Saturday was very emotional at Chartway, the big win over uh, Coastal Carolina on your senior night, and obviously Ty Williams as well as he uh, he put on quite a show uh, <laughs> making some buckets. But but for you, what, what was that moment like, especially with, with your coach there, uh, Jeff Jones, coming back to the arena after being away uh, most of the season? Um, you know, again, hats off to my teammates. I think they um, really came out and put it all out there for uh, me and T. Will to go out on the right note. You know, winning our last game in front of our home fans, that meant a lot to me and Ty. Um, so 
just hats off to our teammates. They really stepped up and uh, stepped up to the bell. And then just having Coach Jones there, um, it meant the world, you know. Um, not a lot of people are around from my freshman year. And it's been a bunch of changes throughout my whole career here. But having him there and um, especially with him going through all he's faced this whole year and being able to kind of just be there for me in my last game um, meant the world because I know it was probably tough for him to be there, very emotional. Um, but that just speaks volumes to who he is as a person and how unselfish he is. Um, I wouldn't want anybody else to be my coach. I'm glad that we've been on this ride together and kind of sad it had to end this way, but it is what it is. You know, you can't really control everything, but just love that man, love what he's done for me and my teammates and the other players that I played with throughout my career. Um, really just a stand-up guy and much love for him. Well, you, you returned the favor to him. He was there for you Saturday. You were there for him Monday when he announced his retirement. And obviously, you saw the emotions he had, right? I mean, that was not easy for him to do, uh, but obviously, he feels like it's the right thing to do right now. Uh, what, what was that like for you? And I know Chauncey and some other guys, and obviously, the staff was all there, but, but kind of seeing that on Monday and, and knowing what his career has been, uh, you know, not just here at ODU, but, uh, you know, an American and obviously Virginia. Right. Very emotional, but also. Um, a beautiful thing um, to see him be, and all those people that showed up for his press conference um, just speaks for itself. You know, he's had a great career and to have other former players, not just his players now, but other former players that he's had throughout the year show up and show him love um, and just give him the respect that he's earned and deserved throughout his career. He's had a great career. Um, he's an excellent coach, love his, his philosophies and, defensive mindset um but i'm happy for him i think um i think uh he definitely is gonna have a hard time you know at first trying to find some (laughs) hobbies to pick up on but uh i'm happy for him i I wish him nothing but the best i know uh it's a stressful situation being a head coach and not everybody sees the ins and outs of it um and i've begun to kind of understand throughout my career here at odu but just much respect to him and like you said very emotional but also a beautiful thing just to see him honored in the way that he was and um hopefully we can kind of muscle a couple wins for him coming down the stretch and just have him go out on at least kind of a positive note and show how much we do care for him and love him we're talking to Jason Wade here, Old Dominion Basketball here. Scott Jackson, show prior to go to Sports Radio 94.1, joins us via the uh, Ballyhoo's guest line. You know, certainly the, this program, you know, to be your, your entire career and, and to go through the injuries and the ups and downs you had to deal with uh, and stay here your, your whole career, uh, I'm sure, means a lot to you because, you know, it meant to let your family. Like, this is more than just a college to you, isn't it? I mean, it's your family. Your dad played here. Your mom went here uh, as well. Uh, the, being alums in the family, uh, to be a part of this uh, for the entire career now in graduate school, I got to imagine this this is more than just uh, this college for you uh, being at Old Dominion. No, yeah, 100%. Um, just to be able to follow in my parents' footsteps and even some of my uncles and my brother as well, to be able to following their footsteps and kind of be able to embrace the whole college experience, you know, what they went through, what I went through, how it compares, how it differs, um, the changes the university has made throughout the years and what it's become is, is beautiful. And then just to share the um, basketball moments with my father um, 
that's something I won't take for granted. Um, and just commend Coach Jones for just sticking with me and pushing me through my hard times and being there for me um, and not giving up on me to make this possible for me to be able to graduate um, a great institution like Old Dominion and follow my parents' footsteps. So it's it's been very special, a very special moment, very special career. And um, I've enjoyed the whole way. I wouldn't I wouldn't have done it any other way. The people I was able to meet, the alumni, through the players and the the donors, everybody, the fans. It's been a great time, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want it any any other way. So for you now, you know you're in graduate school. I know at one point you were you were talking communications. You know per, perhaps even coaching. Do you, do you have a lean one way or the other where where you want to go once you're done with graduate school? Um, I think it, it changes every day. I think um, <laughs> just with different experiences and different feelings, and um, I think it changes every day. But I'm I'm open to any and every opportunity that um, comes my way. Um, I think with the experience that I've been through throughout my um, playing career has molded me to kind of accept anything that comes my way and try to um, take it. You know, with the best of my ability, um, I think with everything that's went on, it's kind of put me in a role where I kind of have to understand that everything happens for a reason to a certain extent. And you have to have the dedication and hard work on your end and everything will work out just fine. So just having that kind of mindset going forward, um, I'm excited for what the future holds for me. And just thank ODU for putting me in the position that I am in now and Coach Jones as well and all that, all the coaches, honestly. I think without them, I, I wouldn't be who I am today or where I am today. So just hats off to them and just thank you for keep pushing me. Well, you know, I was saying to you before we got started here, you you become a three point specialist. You know, here in the latter part of the weeks of your career, uh, last night knocking down threes. I mean, you know, they sometimes they they dare you. You're obviously very unselfish, uh, you know, with the way you play basketball. But was it just feeling good last night in Boone, uh, or can we expect to see some more of that at Georgia Southern? Um, yes, sir. I think um, with me trying to shoot the ball a little bit more on the outside, it keeps the defense honest and. Um, kind of opens up lanes for our good um, uh, rim attackers to get open, more open looks, and I have the big there to contest them. You know, T. Wills does a great job of getting into the paint. Chauncey does a great job of getting into the paint. So does Devin. Um, so just keeping the defense honest by shooting the shot will make the big come out and try to sweat, stretch the floor and open up lanes for my teammates. So that's that's the goal. Um, hopefully they, they keep falling, but that's that's the goal, just to try to open the floor for the rest of my teammates. Well, good luck to you on uh, Friday at Georgia Southern and obviously in Pensacola as well. It has been fun calling your games, Jason, and watching your career, and uh, look forward to seeing what's next for you. Appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, and thank you for your work this whole season, uh, just sticking with us and calling the games. I know it's been a, a fun time on my end, and just thank you for all that you do, man. I appreciate it, man. Always great watching you. Appreciate uh, all your all your hard work and, and the class you do it with. Jason Wade here with the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right. Uh, we're going to get back to some combine stuff here in the last uh, 20 or, so, or 40 or so, um, as well as uh, don't forget tomorrow. I also should mention, in addition to tomorrow with the uh, stuff going on with with. Mike Jones's presser, the football schedule is going to be released tomorrow, too, for the Sun Belt in Old Dominion. Ricky Ronnie will be on the program tomorrow at some point as well. 
to talk about that said schedule, which, of course, does still include Virginia Tech. For those of you that were worried it didn't, they're still there. Uh, of course, that, I guess, was like a brief two-week window of when it might not happen, and it is still happening. All right, let's get to this. 757-687-9494. Adam Schefter at like 7.02 this morning uh, puts out a uh, tweet saying that um, Commander's owner Josh Harris has been to the Combine. He is um, taking part in the meetings with players, well, specifically quarterbacks. Uh, he's part of that. He's not doing it with, like, say, their tight end meetings or their D-tackle meetings, their offensive line meetings, but just with the uh, tight end meetings uh, at this point, or I mean, with quarterback meetings, excuse me, at this point. So, you know, that kind of raised some freak out. You know, last year we heard about, you know, David Tepper was very involved in the quarterbacks and his wife and all that. It kind of got people a little freaked out. But, again, this is his first combine um, as an NFL owner. He's sitting in on the process. He's not exactly picking players. Again, Adam Peters um, will be doing that along with his staff. So, again, save save me from being the freakout factor person until, of course, he comes in and steals the card on draft night and tells them who to take. But I, until then, I'm staying out of it. I'm not going to get all freaking off going the other direction. But that is a... Um, interesting thing that uh, took place right that is an interesting thing that they uh you know that he's there because this is not you know again normal but there's nothing normal about this ownership group in the terms of like it's the biggest one of the nfl it's paid the most money for the nfl they're you know they're trying to feel their way through this right now so i think it's just you know a guy that's new at it wants to learn about it and I, I don't think necessarily this makes him Dan Snyder. Like some people have already jumped to that conclusion. Um, he's actually putting money in the organization. He's trying to do better things. He's not trying to be the F minus team on facilities anymore. Even though he's you know he's he's working an uphill battle there with the terrible stadium that he's stuck with until the new stadium gets built. And he's stuck in a practice facility that is antiquated and was not set up properly. Um, in an in an area of land where they really kind of misuse the the use of the land. Should have made the building bigger, didn't do that. So there's just some things that he's got to work against until he can make it all his. And and at least he's trying to make things better. So to save me with the he's, you know, Dan Snyder suddenly because he wants to hear about, you know, kind of watch his team in action. I mean, he's paying pretty good money to Adam Peters, pretty good money to Dan Quinn. He'd like to hear it from the horse's mouth instead of like hearing about it later. He wants to see what these quarterbacks are all about. It is only the most important position in all of sports. So, again, if he's in there, if he's going to ask questions, that's fine. But if he's suddenly making the selection, okay. Then we got problems, right? And then we got, oh boy, David Tepper 2.0 or whatever we want to say. If he's going to throw his weight around on draft night in April, then then we should be freaking out uh, as you watch this commander situation here in the uh, in the new regime. But I don't. I don't think that's what we're seeing right now. I mean, just maybe I'm naive, but I think he's just a guy who wants to know what's happening with his business, as he should, as he should want to know with what's going on there and what seems to be what these guys are about. Because you know, everybody can tell you the skill sets. We all know the stats. We all we all know. Hey, this guy's body type versus that guy body type. That's easy. It's just. What they've got to cut through all this stuff is, all right, can this guy be coached? Can he absorb what we're telling him? Does he care about, you know, 
keeping the first thing the first thing, as they say, right? Like, are they are they the people that keep the first thing the first thing still? That is a big deal as well. Now, this isn't the only thing um, that's going on with Josh Harris today. He is uh, pending approval of his sale uh, of their four of his four point eight percent stake in the Steelers to an investors group uh, led by Art Rooney II and Thomas Tull. Um, of course, the Steelers' valuation is a little bit more than $4 billion, according to sources. So he and uh, David Blitzer have got this 4.8 stake in it. You know, it's not a huge amount of money, but it's certainly something you can't keep as the owner of another team. So they just have to go through the process of getting that approved, and that's one of the things that's going on uh, here over the next few days at the uh, owners' meetings as well. But pretty uh, standard stuff for uh, what Josh Harris has got to do in order to be fully out of that business and, you know, not till still getting stakes from Steelers, you know, taking dividends checks from Pittsburgh while still owning the commanders, which would be kind of goofy. All right. 757-687-9494-757-687-9494. The um, Kansas City Chiefs have an interesting offseason. We've been talking about these stories about Legereus Sneed being allowed to you know, go ahead and check out what might be on the outside in terms of a trade. The team has said they will tag him if need be. Uh, Chiefs manager Brett Veach said that uh, the top thing for their agenda this offseason is re-signing Chris Jones. And apparently there are reports out of the combine now that um, there these efforts are heading in the right direction. And the athletic reports that there is a growing optimism they'll be able to make that happen. Uh, according to the Athletic Report, Veach and Chiefs President of Football Ops, Chris Shea, met with Jones's agent uh, twice while at Indianapolis at the Combine. And again, if they get him knocked off the list, it makes life a lot easier as to the next set of things they can do. They know where their cap situation is. Of course, they cleared out $12 million the other day with the release of Vontes Scantling, uh, Marquez Vontes Scantling, that, that cut, saved them about $12 million in cap space. And they have to... They have exclusive negotiating rights with Jones only until the 11th of March. They basically need to use it up, need to get it done before then. Otherwise, you know, have to go back to either the tag well again or him hitting the open market if they can't deal with it. You know, that that will be the crazy part if he were to hit the open markets. They have to have that knocked out here in the next 12 days. I never understand why some teams wait so long. And again, I I know this is a two-way street that the player – and the eight in the player agent also dictate a lot of this stuff. But why more of them don't just try to go early on these things? Uh, you know, when I mean when I mean early, I mean like in season, right? Like you you could have done this Chris Jones thing. You, you knew at the beginning of the season you wanted Chris Jones long term. They couldn't get the deal. He put in the tag. You know, he had the you know he skipped the first game of the season, all that kind of stuff. But you kind of knew this is where it was going. I mean, you had the entire season. I guess you know deadlines make deals as the kids say but too many of these teams are i don't understand why they're slow slow to move on these things just knock it out early to save yourself the headache especially if you got a bunch of people you got a tag down the road you've got you know more than one person that you want to keep and in their case they do sneed they want to keep him um they want to keep jones but they may not want to keep sneed at the price that he's looking for and you know kansas city shown they're not a, they're not afraid to throw you out the door i mean Again, Hill was you know such a big time player for them, but it just it was still on their price and on their terms, and they didn't like it. You know, they eventually, of course, had to cut Kareem Hunt more from off the field stuff than on the field. But 
they moved on from that. They, they've had a good ability of Kansas City to take losses, cut their losses, and move forward. And, of course, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've got a freak at quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, Andy Reid's a pretty damn good coach. It's not the norm. Not everybody can, you know, just churn out guys and keep moving forward and progressing and progressing in a championship level. A lot of teams take steps back, but they have done a masterful job of being able to do that to this point. All right, 757-687-9494. We'll get to this um, poll question, too, coming up uh, in a bit. It deals with the combine and your viewing, you know, your viewing of it this weekend and today. It really started today. If you're into it or out of it on the X plus, um, we've got tickets to give away again. Twenty one Savage American Dream Tour. So be on the listen out for that when we ask for the call. Cue to call. Those tickets go on sale tomorrow at LiveNation.com at ten AM. And that show's coming up on June fourth of this summer. And that is, of course, a veteran United Home Loans Amphitheater as well all right coming up next jerry jones is in the news for something that he'd probably rather not be in the news with we'll get to that coming up uh plus again check into the poll question in regards to the combine scott jackson show priority on sports radio 94.1 we are brought to you by larry king law injured in an accident call 757 injured 757 i-n-j-u-r-e-d richie somerville sketch sports center the scott jackson show on priority auto sports radio 94.1 and we are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. For our friends at Larry King Law. All right, uh, Jerry Jones, uh, Cowboys, of course, uh, at the Combine, like everybody else, trying to get things done. But the big news today for Jerry Jones is back in Dallas where a judge has upheld a decision requiring the Cowboys owner to take a paternity test as part of a legal dispute that's been going on with a 27-year-old woman who says she is the billionaire's biological father. And Texas judge on Wednesday rejected the appeal from Jones of a 2022 ruling in the paternity case brought by Alexandra Davis, who previously alleged in a separate lawsuit that she was conceived from a relationship Jones had with her mother in the mid-1990s. Attorneys for Jones are challenging the constitutionality of the Texas law that would compel genetic testing of Jones. Back in March 2022, Dallas, or Davis sued Jones in Dallas County Court, asking the judge to avoid a legal agreement. She said her mother, Cynthia Davis, reached with Jones two years after she was born. The 98 settlement alleged that Jones would support them financially as long as they didn't go public, saying that who Alexander's father was, which they say is Cherry Jones, something um, the married owner has denied. Seems kind of weird. You pay somebody and you're not their father. I don't know. Just call me crazy. Seems kind of odd. I don't know if we need, do we need the Maury show to step in here and do a paternity test? You know, isn't that what Maury Povich used to do? Who's big on these paternity tests? Anyway, Davis dropped the case um, that a month later saying that she would instead seek to prove that Jones is the father. She soon filed for the paternity test. Jones and his wife, Jean, been married since 1963. Three children all have front office roles. With the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, of course, 81 team president and general manager. The original lawsuit claimed that Jones pursued Cynthia Davis, who was also married at the time after they met while she was working uh, for American Airlines at Little Rock, Arkansas. The settlement alleged uh, calling for Jones to pay Cynthia Davis $375,000 for 
um, Alexandra Davis to receive a certain monthly, annual, and special funding from a trust until she was 21 as a lump sum payment when she turned 24, 26, and 28. Attorneys for Jones said Alexandra Davis has received millions of dollars for Jones in her lifetime, according to court documents. So, again, maybe this is something for the Maury Povich show. I don't know, but um, Jerry's going to try to fight without getting a paternity test. Don't you just do what they do on those TV shows, right? You send somebody in there to, like, snip a clipping of his hair or something when he's not looking ah! or grab his glass. I don't know, like, you know. Yeah, you, it, need, you can't. you got to get the hair root. Okay, get the hair root. Okay. Maybe go to his barber. I don't know. It's like another ways around this thing, in there, to approve it? I don't know. Or, or do the Ancestry.com right. Why thing she and see it? if anybody in the Jones family has also done Ancestry. There you go. That's another thing you could do, right? Do her and Stephen Jones uh, share any uh, characteristics? <laughs> so there seems to be a lot of ways to go about it um, as well, besides the legal route. But now they're going legals here on this one. And uh, should be uh, – it's interesting. I mean, I don't think most people that are you know, not paternal parents usually just pay – millions of dollars for the fun of it. Uh, but I guess it's just the the idea that he doesn't want to be forced to admit it publicly, or maybe his wife doesn't want him to admit it publicly. Not sure, but a little messy for old Jerry. A little messy for old Jerry Jones. Uh, and certainly, certainly doesn't want to have to uh, go through with all this stuff. But the judge has got to decide. And again, if not, they could go to the Maury show, potentially, uh, and see what could happen there. All right, 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. Have you ever watched a football game and said to yourself, how do they miss the down marker or how do they miss the uh, yard marker? Like, how do they have it wrong? And yet, you know, you can see it on TV where, like, the guy went down and it just seemed like, what if they had a chip in the ball? What if they had, you know, like the Hawkeye technology that they have, the computers for, for tennis? They also, of course, now have been using it in Major League Baseball. Like, why don't we have that for football? This is the most profitable sport in America by a bunch. And they don't have this. And instead, we got chains. We got old guys out there trying to figure it out. Is it the left foot, the right foot, which knee and hand and all this stuff? Remember the index card fiasco in Oakland several years ago? Yes. Well, the NFL um, had the low-tech change. The league today revealed that a system to measure first downs electronically has been tested and that the owners will be presented with the information about how the test went as they consider consider the possibility of using this instead of tracking instead of tracking instead of the chains. They're going to use tracking instead of chains. In addition to the line to gain rule, the league is exploring optical tracking with high resolution cameras on the sidelines and the goal lines, you know again like tennis um, and baseball now in the minor leagues with the Hawkeye system. Um, the testing has used the technology developed by Hawkeye which again is computer vision system, assist with video replay tennis uh, to precisely determine the position of the ball and players during um, replay reviews. The NFL believes the technology could be potentially used this season, although it's unlikely the league will uh, be far enough along to rely on it exclusively. So basically, we're still going to have the chain gangs. You know, those are just guys are important jobs, right? You got to still have those guys out there, too. Yeah, they said they were background testing this at the Super Bowl this year, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, Here's a, so for a bunch of years, there's been this guy who's had this first down technology. He's been trying to sell it to the NFL. I don't think he's gotten very far. I think I've seen him on a couple of TV shows yeah. where it's like, yo, yeah. new inventions and that kind of thing. Or and whatever. I think really what it is, and this is always usually the case of the NFL, they're like, okay, we'll listen to you for a minute and take the, they'll have the tech and they'll go, can we do this on our own? 
We don't have to pay this clown. We'll make our own technology. <laughs> we can figure this out on our own. We'll go so- you might want to check with a patent office. Yeah, we're going to go somewhere else to get this done. Uh, I don't know what's what's going on, but it seems weird that we've had to wait. Uh, we had to wait, you know, for so long for all this stuff. It's just bizarro. Yeah, it's just it doesn't make a lot of sense that they're uh, that they've been so slow to go this route. I mean, it just seems like a no brainer. To go this way. I mean, I, the tennis thing's great. I mean, I don't think John McEnroe would have had a career, though, if you would have had Hawkeye back then, right? Like, what would he have complained <laughs> about? Who would have yelled at you? Like, here's the replay, dummy. Just look up there. Oh, he would have been complaining about the technology. Yeah. He would have been arguing with the computer geeks. Then. I will say this. I saw, I've so, you know, they always have the replays. Like, the players, you know, do this thing with their racket, like, pointing, like, going up for replay. Never seen anybody, you know, like, you just don't see it, right? Like, it's like the technology's so good. I was at a U.S. Open, I don't know, was it 2019? Um Guillaume Monfils, who is a uh, is quite a player. He's very uh, he's he's very um, theatrical is a good way to put it. He's extremely athletic and he's uh, he's a showman. But anyway, he he was convinced and he was pointing and it's amazing when they point at the at the court and where the ball goes how good these guys' eyesight is. He was saying the Hawkeye was wrong, and he pointed and he went over with his racket and point to where it hit. They get a replay. Sure enough, he was right. And the and the the Hawkeye showed it, you know, even though they had the you know they have all this technology that huh. the in you know the the line thing now the line technology I'm sorry that, that says in or out or whatever that they have these days so you don't have any just close line calls but Monfils went against it and was right like that rarely ever happens usually they're 100 percent wrong but he is uh, pretty much a badass. Uh, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. But the guy's eyesight was off the charts to be able to see that. But yes, why they have not done this in the NFL earlier still makes zero sense to me. Why they wouldn't just go this route, be done with it already, and make it right. All right, let's grab uh, Mike um, with us here in Virginia Beach, talking a little technology and football with us. What's up, buddy? Hey, Scott. Uh, I- so I don't get in trouble. I can either confirm or deny the fact that I referee football. Okay. Myself out of trouble. <laughs> okay. Um, but let's keep technology out of it. I mean, if, if, if you know, because I'm I'm an old guy. I'm 62. You know, what do you want a chat bot to take your job too? Because I mean, ChatGPT can get those facts, you know, out about Mike Jones and everything else a lot faster than you can. Let's just stay with old school. It's been working for a long time. But don't you want to have it like at this level? I'm not talking about high school and, and and you know peewee football, but at high school, you know, in college, you're gonna have you're not gonna have this. But in the NFL, if they could actually get it right instead of having these miss, you know, have to go to replay all the time just to get the spot correct. I mean, if they actually have this live technology with the chip of the ball, they know where the ball is supposed to be. You know what I mean? So it's saving you time instead of just yeah, but you know, but just you know, just you know. I, I do baseball too. You know, yeah. I, you know, I want that pitch. You know, I want a better pitcher too. You know, you know, they always want to talk about consistency of the official. You know, the, the official wants to see, see consistency from the players too. You know, don't don't pitch a fit about that one missed call when you you put two to the backstop or you airmail the guy by five yards and he had nobody within ten yards of him on the on the field. You know, the players and the coaches want perfection. You know, and it's it's an imperfect game you know i you know i i did a game with the uh automatic strike and the computer's so stupid the guy bounced the curveball it came up through the strike zone and in my earpiece it said strike and i knew it wasn't a strike 
Well, that's why they have you there to fix yeah, to fix saying, the glitch. Yeah. But I mean, technology yeah. is you know, like I said, I, I'm an old guy. I, I, yeah. I, I prefer you know. You prefer you know, people being wrong. You want you want failure, Mike. <laughs> I don't want failure. I want to. I, I, I want to have the. I'm, I'm a purist. I'm. A, I'm well, a, I want, here's, you know, the, here's, a di- here's a difference now, Mike. We, we gamble with the lights on now too. So you, you got to take away these errors when you can. You know what I'm saying? Like now that everybody's all in on gambling more so than yeah. ever, you got to embrace the technology. And, and in tennis, it works great. And 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 I think actually I've I've gone to these AAA games with it. Yeah, you get the every once in a blue moon mistake, but it's really good. And they have an ability to challenge, correct? Right? They have challenges. The co- the managers do. I think yeah. it speeds the game along. I think the game's more efficient with it. You still have umpires in the field. They're still there yep. to call the baseline plays, and like you said, or the occasion where the thing bounces and the technology glitches. But I mean, it's not like it's putting people out of work per se. The chain gang yeah. guys, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Do we still have chains? Do we need them? I mean, you still have to have somebody to have a yard marker so the players can see it. It's just for like the close spot so they know where the ball's supposed to be. And then the sideline yeah. stuff is, you know, for the breaking the plane. They kind of have that now anyway. The breaking the plane stuff with, with they do a good job with that. Uh, on the sidelines, I don't really see that being missed that often. I just, you know, we're going to get so far with technology that you know we're, we're just going to we're going to ruin these. You know, you know, let's just go back to what I was playing with 55 years ago. You know, put those 22 plastic guys on the metal board and let them bounce. You know, <laughs> but um, the problem with that game is there was no forward pass. You know that. I mean, the spinning around guys, electric football. You're talking about, and then the and then if it gets too vibrate-y, like the little felt ball would just pop off the, the pop off the field all the time. And you know, it, man. and the guys just spun around in circles most of the time, right? I mean, that was the other problem. Yeah, hey, but I, I enjoyed the hell out of it back in the sixties. <laughs> Did you also have the the handheld uh, football game, the electric football, the handheld game, where the guy just you know they'd run a, a bunch of dots, and it was like like yeah, a, I had that. Yeah. yeah, I had that too. Yeah, God, we're old. I was mean, I, 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 I listen to you every day, either going to a game or. Can, or you know, come from work. I, I enjoy the show. So thank you, buddy. You bring, you bring a lot to Hampton Roads. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Mike. Take it easy. Um, they're not yeah. going to get rid of you, Mike. Don't worry. Yeah, the electric football was uh, it, that was one of those type of things that looked a lot better in the packaging than it actually did in practice. No doubt. So this, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looked cool, and you're like, awesome. I got these guys again. You put them out, and they spin around. It was one of the worst gifts there ever was. I mean, it really seemed cool, but it didn't work. I have this guy that used to send me these. Bo- I have books on electric football this guy in dc that was in a league and he was very serious and he would go no they make the it's so much better now scott you're wrong and he would just like send me these books these diagram play it's insane man mm-hmm. there's a whole thing but the electric football i remember dude spinning around in circles the felt ball popping off the off the vibrating table right uh, yeah. uh, of the field rather and just really you're never getting anywhere like there was no fun in it it seemed fun you line the guys it took forever to line the guys up and, go, eh. and they're waiting to, for the play to end it's, it was neat to set the stadium up because i got like four or five teams right you got a thing to stick in the end zone like, like a you know, model to make a yeah, yeah to, to make a model of the stadium you had dolphins in one end yeah. zone steelers in the other it was a uh, it was cool to set it up but then when you actually tried to play it it was like oh, i'm going outside <laughs> Maybe I will go outside like my parents asked me to. <laughs> All right, coming up, uh, we got an update on Chief Saholic. Um, good news. Uh, he's got a real sharp lawyer. We'll get to that next year. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The Scott Jackson Show will return after this timeout on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It's been a long day, and sometimes things fall through the cracks. It's time to figure out what we missed 
on the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, yesterday we told you about uh, the famous Chiefs fan, Chiefsaholic. Uh, we're going to give you an update on him in a sec. Before we do that, though, uh, let's take a caller number one to 21 Savages American Dream Tour. Uh, first caller, 757-687-9494. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Shows on June 4th. All right. Here's Chief Saholic. He's got a real sharp lawyer. This guy's got him covered. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chiefsaholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs' kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you and God bless. How many bad football metaphors were used in that statement by his defense lawyer? Hopefully he didn't pay for Matthew Merriman, who was representing him. I mean, hopefully he was like just a public defendant that just threw out him in the sky. Said, yeah, what the hell? This guy's got a hopeless case. Let's have some fun with this thing here. But yeah, he's uh, indicted for 19 criminal counts, and his lawyer's out there, you know, 50 years of prison, possibly. And his lawyer's out there using bad football puns. Yeah. Anyway, good luck to the Chiefs of Hall. Look, I don't think it's going to end well. But here's the good news you can write one of them books in prison, get me with his reality shows or something from, you know, and make a lot of money. You know, that's, that's the way to do it these days. Oh, boy. Interesting. From the lawyer. All right. We got people to thank today. Um, First of all, Richie Somerville, who did a yeoman's work filling in for uh, James Witham, who should be back with us tomorrow. And again, tomorrow, we'll hear from Mike Jones. uh, Old Dominion Herald, a press conference at 1045. We'll also uh, hear from Ricky Ronnie on uh, the football schedule being released tomorrow. And my boy Davey Siegel will talk a little NASCAR with us tomorrow as well. Get us ready for the weekend. All right. Um, thanks to our guests today, Billy Mann, uh, Mark Stern, and Jason Wade. Two good guests on, um, obviously, the Mike Jones hire. And always good to talk to Jay Wade. All right. Thanks to all of you for joining us. Who's our winner, by the way, Richie? The 21 Savages tickets. Who would just give those away to? We have a winner? We do have a winner? All right, we do. Okay. Yep. Our winner is uh, Greg Reed. All right, nobody worked. You didn't like teach you or anything in high school? All right. All right, Greg, congratulations. All right, that'll do it for us till tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Represented by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow talking about the uh, new ODU basketball coach and hear from himself, Mike Jones, tomorrow here on the show. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.